Welcome to the Not Old Yet podcast, where we explore the subject of aging from a fresh new perspective. Each week, you will learn how to look, feel, and be youthful, no matter your age or stage of life. Tune in each episode to hear words of wisdom, stories of hope, and keeping it real advice from your host, Elizabeth Vanderveer. We got a beautiful story. everyone. I'm Elizabeth, your host of the Not Old Yet Global Podcast. Welcome. We're happy to have you here. And I'm here today with my good friend and brand ambassador, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi, how are you? You look gorgeous. <gasps> Thanks. So do you. you. Look like, well, I'm wearing color for a very rare appearance and you're wearing black for a for very, a very rare, rare. <laughs> Exactly. But you look like you're ready to go out to a soiree. I look like I'm ready to go to a garden party. But I do have fun with the hair and makeup and the clothes on occasion. But for the most part, this job allows me to just be in my jammies almost for a while anyways. So today we're going to talk about self-medication. The reason we're talking about this is because we all do it. But we're going to particularly address three substances that get overused or at least classes of substances and then talk about kind of how it happens why it happens and what you can do to pull it back and kind of get control of your self-medication habits i've been there done that now i've been there yeah i think we all have cindy but i'm now living a much healthier physically life and mentally and emotionally because these things that we're going to talk about add up and they cannot just cause problems in the here and now because you're not going to be coping very well, but they can have long-term disastrous consequences if you don't address these. And of course, there's probably a myriad of things that we could talk about, but today for the brevity of time and everything, we wanted to just address three things that we could talk for a year about, which is food, alcohol, and over-the-counter remedies. We did a little research uh, in prep for the call or for the podcast, and the number one choice of self-medication substances that can lead to problems and uh, abuse is over-the-counter supplements, which I did not know. So this can range from the supplements that are like vitamins and minerals all the way to things that are OTC, which means they have the FDA monograph on the back. That's that box that looks Mm -hmm. very official. That means Mm -hmm. it's an FDA approved drug at one time that is now approved for OTC over the counter. You no longer need a prescription. Now, generally my experience and my knowledge is for something like uh, one of the non-steroidals, when it's a prescription drug versus an over-the-counter and available without a prescription, it's about half the dose. So if you think about the 800 milligram ibuprofen that we all got used to when we had you know, period cramps and all that stuff, when it came to the market, the dose was 400 milligrams to 200 milligrams or something like that, if I remember correctly. So they generally dumb down the dose when it comes to over-the-counter, but what people tend to do is more better. 
So if a little bit works, then I'm going to take a whole bunch or a handful. And what you were mentioning, Cindy, is that how quickly we get to the point where we just have these bottles lined up and we're actually causing harm to our body. I have a friend that was a bodybuilder and very, very rigorous in his care of his body. And at one point, I believe it was 70 supplements that he took and in the end ended up almost losing his liver because of it. And his physician told him, you know, time out, dude, if you don't stop this, yeah. will not be able to carry on because, and they were all health oriented supplements. There was nothing nefarious. There was no, you know, steroids. There was nothing. This was stuff you buy over the counter at the, the health food stores. Now, one could argue that 70 is way too much. And clearly that was indicative of how committed he was to his regime. But, you know, 70 is a lot. But let's start just, uh, the reason why we're talking about this is not because it's so pervasive. It is, we all know this, it's everywhere. But because of the shame that goes along with some of these habits that we get into for coping with stressful situations, a bad job, a bad relationship, illness, whatever it is. And then we get into these habits of self-medicating and we, if we don't know, we should just say it straight up. These are all related to the dopamine reward pathway. So whether you're eating, you're drinking, or you're taking supplements or drugging, you know, marijuana, whatever, and nicotine for sure, you've mentioned that. Uh, It's all related to the dopamine reward pathway. And yet how we get that little spike in dopamine is the complex part, how we get from here to there. Does it involve a pint of ice cream, you know, and stopping off after work? Does it involve, you know, this is a whole nother topic. Does it involve going and having sex with someone that you barely know? Does it involve drinking that whole bottle of wine in record time, which happens all the time? I was recently, not recently, a couple years ago, I was taking a video class in preparation for what I'm now doing and what you're doing with me. And there was a woman there and part of the video class was we had to speak on camera and create a kind of a little three minute documentary on our business and our promotion of our business. And one lady was there and her her cause was alcoholism and she had such shame around what she wanted to talk about. And what she wanted to talk about was drinking a bottle of wine a night and how shameful that was. And I looked at her and I said, first and foremost, you're not alone. I've been there, done that for way too long. And secondly, you're not alone because a lot of people do that. And it's only four glasses of wine and that sneaks up on you. And that's not four glasses like that. Okay. That's at least two right there. This is a uh, stemless water glass for those that are just listening. And I have it full of water or a stemless wine glass full of water. But my point is that we have such shame or How about the case of eating a whole box of cereal, you know, and a pint of half and half, because it tastes really good with half and half. I have that on good authority, like (laughs) personal experience. And so, you know, and then you look and the the box is gone and you're like, who the heck just ate all that? So we do it. Or you were saying you stop off on the side, you know, at the Popeye's for some chicken or 7-Eleven for the big gulp on your way home. And you're getting that sugar fix 
you're getting that reward kick in. It could be alcohol. It doesn't have to just be sugar and fat. Yet it's not serving you well. It's not pointing you in the right direction. And then another issue with regards to the over-the-counter medications is what I saw as a physician and I, as an internist, which I didn't stay in the practice of internal medicine for very long. I went into aesthetics. But as an internist, patients would come in with 17 medications, 18, 19, 20. And we were supposed to write for them all. And then the hospital had to administer them all. And you'd be looking at them. Half of them might be over-the-counter stuff. So you give one medication and it constipates them. So you have to give them another medication for constipation. And while it may start out as a PRN or on occasion medication, then eventually it becomes the daily routine. And then all of a sudden you've added another medication into your regimen. Or you go to the pharmacy, you know, the pharmacy non-prescription department, and you do the same thing. You're self-medicating. You're looking for the colase for this. You're looking for the eye drops for that. And sometimes they're not good. Like I went to my eye doctor and they said, do you use eye drops? I was like, heck yeah, you get the red out and the other stuff. And he's like, no, time out. That's going to cause loss of vision. There's something really, really bad in the preservative. And I'm like, oh, like you don't know this stuff, but you just start self-medicating at the pharmacy and have no idea what's sneaking up on you. But we want to go back to, first of all, we want to take out the shame because if you have a situation, we probably have been there and done that in our decades here, but we want you to know that you're not alone and that you can actually dial it back. And so let's say that you're in a situation in your life where you're abusing alcohol. You don't have to stay there and you don't have to be an alcoholic and be abstinent and never go there. I believe you can consider something situational. You're overeating to the point that you're packing on the pounds. You don't have to live with that forever. You can make a change. So take it away, Cindy. I talked way too much. Well, I'm thinking, first of all, let's, let's just talk about over-the-counter. So what we can do on our own is when you clean your house, when you put the dishes in the dishwasher and push the buttons and it does its thing, it takes some time to go into the medicine cabinet, pull everything out, take a look at all the expiration dates and toss them. Then find out how many duplicates of the exact same thing you have. How many of them have only two or three capsules in it? How many of them are full and haven't even been opened yet? How many are open and you've just been reaching more and buying more of the same thing? When you can line up what all you have in there, this is the best medicine, so to speak, to let you know how much and of what you're actually taking. Then ask yourselves, when was the last time I took this? Did I really need it? How much of it was I taking? Can I pare it back? Clean house in the medicine cabinet. I think that's a really good start. Yeah. So when I was in medical school, I was fascinated by how long drugs would stay active. I asked several professors about it. So generally your prescription drugs lose efficacy over time. That's my understanding. So if it's out of date, it just might not work. And that might be life or death for you. One of the number one drugs that people save is antibiotics. 
And what the problem with that is, is number one, they aren't taking the full regimen the first time around. So many people, if you get a 10-day course of antibiotics, a lot of people go for five days and they're like, oh, I feel better. I'll just save the other half for the next time. And that's very dangerous for two reasons. One, the antibiotic does not stay active, you know, fresh necessarily. And number two, you've undertreated your current illness and you've potentially built up a resistance. And then the next time you get that problem, let's just say it's a urinary tract infection. I saw women do this all the time. You get 10 days of a drug and they say after five, oh, I feel great. Then 